This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast. My name is Carl Valeri, and I'm joined with some very special guests. We have uh, a guest coming on that uh, we're going to talk a little bit with who has a passion for aviation and some interesting stories about aviation jobs that are a little different than what you might think about when you think about aviation jobs. But before we start talking to her, I want to introduce our co-host, Paul Greco. Paul, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Carl. Great to be here again. Well, Paul, I know you have an early wake up tomorrow morning. Part of the aviation life is getting up very early in the morning, isn't it? Oh, gosh, it sure is. <laughs> I have a 3.50 wake up tomorrow. Woo. 3.50 in the morning. That's, yeah, it's very early. So um, I got to go to bed early. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Well, I'll tell you what, Paul, you, I, I want you to come on and talk a little bit about some of the great things we're doing with our coaching. So uh, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, we are getting inundated with calls and also with questions, that type of thing. I know we were going to do a Q&A for this session, but we have a really special yeah. guest. We'll get into that in the next session. Uh, if you have questions, really important, go to feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com and send us your emails. We will answer your email. We will answer that email if it's really personal. You might want to set up a session for coaching uh, if it's something that's specific. Remember, we have coaching. The coaching includes also interview preparation. We've been doing interview preparation for many different airlines. So coaching includes career counseling. It, co it also includes just coaching, playing coaching and, and becoming a and, and mentor for your life and your career. Paul is actually one of the people that helps us with some of our interview preps for the airlines. And boy, that's really been going well. Paul, tell us a, a, just a, a quick uh, overview of some of the, the coaching and also the interview preps you've done and uh, some of the positives uh, that come about from these. Yeah, so um, we have done interview prep. I have done specifically interview prep for regional airlines. And the what we're really focusing on is making sure that a your presentation because you're presenting yourself to the airline um, to hire you. So we want to make sure your presentation is is on point and where it should be. So first thing that we do is we take a look at your resume and we want to make sure that your resume is written um, the way that the the recruiters expect to see it. So. Um, if you've come a, if you've come from a different career like I did, um, you write a resume a certain way, and a resume might be two or three pages long, depending on how long you've been in your career and the different moves you've made. But an, an aviation resume is going to be a one-page resume, and it's very brief and it's very succinct. And so we make sure we we go over that. We make sure that that looks good. We'll go over your cover letter, and then we start talking about specific airlines and. Every airline has a very specific um, interview process, and so we, we sort of brief on that. And then we talk um, we talk about the uh, the human resources type questions, uh, the tell me about a time questions. That's a very uh, familiar phrase that you may have heard. And we we practice because what we what we what we do is we provide unbiased opinions about how you're responding to the questions. And so when you practice with us and you, we want you to make mistakes. And the reason we want you to do that is because we want to correct them in the coaching session and in the interview prep. And so we do that. And that, that way, when you get there, you, you just knock it out of the park. And so, um, we've had a, a very, very good success rate. Um, we both have actually had a very yeah. good success rates in our, in our, uh, coaching and our interview prep and so it's just very rewarding it's great to see people uh, moving on with their careers you know it really is and it's uh it's great the feedback we get in that uh, people will say listen I, I didn't realize i needed to prep for an interview some people have, have uh, many many years uh preparing for interviews and and also doing interviews but most of us haven't and uh, we're here to help you so just go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash coaching uh, click on there and of course uh, the first session is only 75 dollars 
and uh, and you can book your time. There's a special section on that website. Uh, once you're in, in our coaching program, you can uh, book your sessions after that. Most of the time, it takes a few sessions to get ready for an interview. Uh, for your life change, that's a little different. That might take a little bit longer. But uh, one of the things that we've been doing, like Paul has been added, and we have some other folks that we've added that help us with specific airline interviews. If you have an airline that you're interviewing with, we will help you there. Also, from my background, uh, I actually had a consulting firm, and it was in a couple different industries. I've had a few different consulting firms, and I've been able to uh, actually place people in those different jobs, in those firms, and uh, to the mainly the Fortune 100 companies. And from that, I've gleaned some experience. Of course, this industry is different. You have to do what's specific for that industry. It really is great to have feedback. I know I, I really was happy to have someone that was coaching me that was a friend. Uh, when I did my interviews, and it's a it's a great resource. Also, uh, another thing that I want to mention before we forget uh, is the scholarships guide has been updated. I know Paul, you've worked on that quite a bit. You've added quite a few. Uh, we have the new uh, the June edition actually has been out. And if you've purchased the the PDF version, you can go on the website and download it. If you're a member of the website, you can download it there. You also can download it from Amazon, and we are going to have it in the iBook store soon. So uh, just to let you know there. Another thing I want to mention real quickly is that we are getting inundated with questions about the new remote pilot certificate. People want to become remote pilots and start making money in that career field. We have an excellent uh, review of the remote pilot certificate and what you need to do. It's on our other podcast, the Stuck Mike Avcast, episode 125. I will have a link to that. Uh, it's everything you need to know. I'm also a lead rep with the FAA safety team. And uh, going into that website and trying to learn how to get your remote pilot certificate has been a challenge for some. And if you have questions, just shoot me an email. And uh, this, this podcast should help you, and it'll actually help you go through the whole process to get your remote pilot certificate if you already have your pilot certificate. If not, we do explain how to go about that. We also are coming out with a video about how to uh, get your remote pilot certificate based on uh, this presentation here. Every presentation we have done so far has sold out uh, as far as remote pilot certificates. So I did want to mention that. Uh, so those are the, the house cleaning I just wanted to do there. Uh, Paul, I know that uh, you joined us and, and um, if you don't mind hanging around for a second when we, we introduce our, our next uh, very inspirational Absolutely. guest. And, uh, and, and then uh, I know you have to get to bed. You have to get up at 3.30 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. Part of the flying light. <laughs> well, gosh, you know, I, again, just go to aviationcruisepodcast.com. We have all those services, and, and you can find them on the website at the top in the tabs. Well, today our special guest is somebody who truly is passionate about aviation, somebody that uh, I think is is fairly new to the to the blogging world, aviation blogging world, I should say, and has really skyrocketed to the top. And there's a reason. It's because of the fact that her love of aviation it permeates through her blog, and uh, specifically one of the blog posts that she had really turned me on. It was one called "So You Want to Work in Aviation." Joining us today is Jennifer Adams. Jennifer, welcome to Aviation Curse Podcast. Hello, and thank you so much for inviting me. It's quite an honor. Yeah, we, you know, it's an honor to have you on because I, I really think that you are inspiring people uh, in because of your passion in aviation, not just in careers, but also in the many different uh, facets of it, including uh, going to air shows. You, you quite are the you are quite the aficionado in the air shows, especially Oshkosh. You went to Oshkosh. I did. I was at Oshkosh for um, four days, and it doesn't seem to matter how many days I'm there. It's never enough. Um, I never get to see or do all of the things I want to see and do, but that's just how Oshkosh is. <laughs> it's a huge show, and uh, people that have listened to this podcast and the other realize that I have never been to Oshkosh. I have never Wait, been. Never. 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 I've never been either. No. Wow. Oh, dear. I know. Yeah, you're going to have mm -hmm. to remedy that. You're going to have to find a way. <laughs> That's for sure. That's right. You know, one of the things that I've seen in the pictures is the fact that it's huge compared to some of the shows I've done. You know, everybody knows I'm a co-host of, uh, excuse me, of uh, Sun and Fun Radio, and that is big to me. But uh, it's maybe a tenth of the size of Oshkosh, what I can, from what I can tell. You can get lost there, and you, you definitely need a map. There were some great podcasters there, too. I, uh, Jennifer, I think you got to meet a few of them, didn't you? 
I did. I got to see Rob Mark oh, cool. uh, with the Airplane Geeks. And not sure if I ran into any other podcasters there, but I, I do know that I saw Rob, and it was nice to meet him in person finally. That's cool. Yeah. That, and you were on the Airplane Geeks. Do you remember what episode? We can, we'll put a link it in the podcast. It was episode 404. 404. And we'll put a link in the, in the show notes for this to that, uh, to that episode. A lot of fun there. That'd be great. Cool. Um, well, you know, Jen, the one thing that I, I really love about your blog and, the, and also one of the things that we always try to tell people is that, you know, that there's more to aviation jobs than just flying airplanes or being a flight attendant mechanic, isn't there? Yes, that's very true. I am not a pilot, um, nor am I uh, a flight attendant, nor am I a mechanic, um, nor am I in air traffic control. I'm, I'm not in any of the things that you would normally think of when you think of uh, an aviation career. But you you decided to get into aviation because you have a passion for this. And most of the people listening, they have a passion for aviation because they like airplanes. It's something that looks really cool. They remember going out there like myself and watching airplanes take off and land at the airport. What actually got you interested in aviation? Um. That's a good question. You know, I've, I've always had a passion for aviation since I was small. Um, I lived out near Philadelphia, and our house was located under the flight path for not only uh, the Philadelphia airport, but um, planes flying into Dover. And uh, there's also a couple of general aviation airports. So I saw a lot of airplanes coming and going. Um, and that definitely sparked my interest. We also had someone, I don't know who it was, who would come out and uh, practice aerobatics over the fields uh, around my parents' house. And I used to love watching, I don't know who it was, but I used to love watching them. So the interest developed when I was young, but um, it wasn't something I ever really considered as a career. Um, my life sort of took me in other directions. I did other things. That interest was still there, but I really didn't pursue it until a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago now. Um, at the time I was working for a fortune 500 company. I liked it, but I wasn't particularly interested in that industry. And I got to thinking one day, you know, what would it be like if I could actually work in an industry that I'm interested in and excited about and, um, you know, aviation sprang to mind because it is, you know, something that I'm, I'm passionate about. And I just started thinking, all right, well, where could I fit in, uh, into the aviation industry? What skills do I have that I could take to aviation? And that's where the path began. It's interesting how you were able to, to find, your direction, but it really wasn't a straight path, was it? Well, no, not exactly. <laughs> um, so my degree, I went to college uh, and got a degree in psychology, which may surprise people because I do not use my degree um, at all. I, um, I ended up uh, sort of falling into um, the uh, education. I worked for a for-profit education company for many years. And while I was there, um, I started doing a lot of the accounting and I started doing a lot of administration. Um, and that led me uh, into accounting at this Fortune 500 company. So when I started thinking about could I find a place to fit into aviation, I thought about, well, what skills do I have? Well, I have accounting skills. Well, pretty much everybody needs accountants. Um, I have uh, administration skills. I have a background in education. So I went and, and I sort of looked to see, well, where can I put these skills to use in the aviation industry? And some things that came to mind would be FBOs. Uh, working at a charter company, working at the airport, 
Um, I think there are two uh, colleges nearby that have aviation-related programs. So I just started keeping an eye on these places, looking for positions to come open. And after about a year of watching and looking and investigating, um, a position came open in the accounting department at the airport. And I applied as fast as I possibly could, was thrilled when they contacted me. And after a series of interviews, all of a sudden, here I am at the airport. And um, best, best move I've ever made. I love my job. I love being at the airport. I am a kid in a candy store pretty <laughs> much every day. That's awesome. You know, you get to look at airplanes all day long and watch them take off and land. I think that's really cool. Well, I do, but they've been smart enough not to give me a desk with a window. <laughs> um, <laughs> I say smart enough. I, I don't know. It's a trade-off because right now, one of my fortunate coworkers who have windows say, Hey, Jen, check out this plane. It means I'm going to jump up and go running to a window, <laughs> whereas if they would give me a desk with a window, I would just have to look up. So that's what I'm trying to sell them on now, that really I'd be so much more productive if I had a window. I think so you far, should move towards the window. <laughs> <laughs> so far, they're not buying it, but no. I'll keep trying. Well, I'll, I'll ask your boss, because I think you should move to the window, <laughs> especially some of the pictures you take from, I don't know where you get them from in the airport, but it's uh, probably from the window, and there's some really cool shots that you have on your website. I do take some pictures through the window. I also, um, I love to go up on top of the parking garage. I'll go up during my lunch break. It's a, a great place to clear my mind. Um, and I get some really great pictures from up there. Awesome. I do the same, boy. I go to uh, Tampa International is the closest uh, large airport to me, and I stand on top there and watch them take off and land. So next time you're in Tampa, we'll go watch airplanes. How's that sound? Excellent. I would love that. <laughs> hey, you know, one of the things we forgot to mention is is the website that we, I keep talking about here. It's actually, uh, it's Tales from the Terminal, Tales from the Terminal, and it's Adventures at an Airport and Other Random Musing. I think that's a really cool, cool title that you have there. We, uh, we talked about your, your journey, and now you're in this job in the aviation field, but how did you, you know, I noticed when you were talking, you started saying that you looked at charter, you looked at FBOs. How did you know where to look? I mean, how did you get that knowledge uh, to go look at an FBO? Did you just walk in the door? Um, no, I would say that um, my interest in aviation means that I'm a sponge when it comes to aviation. So I soak up as much information as I possibly can about all aspects of aviation. And so over, you know, the years of learning about airplanes, airlines and the business, um, you know, I had learned what an FBO was. And so I did some research. I went online and I looked to see, okay, what FBOs are, are here locally? Um, do we have charter companies locally and who are they? Um, you know, what airports do we have nearby? And and that sort of thing. So I was aware of, of some possibilities. I went online and did research to, to sort of solidify those possibilities, find out where specifically I should be looking. Very cool. And, of course, you got to hang out around uh, airplanes and airplane geeks all day. And that's another cool well, thing when you're doing that search. Exactly. That never <laughs> hurts to uh, to be at an airport. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Yes. And, you, you know, one thing that I love about your story is the fact that we have so many people listening right now that want to get into aviation. And they all think of pilot, flight attendant, mechanic. And, uh, and a lot of the po folks we've coached have said, you know, I don't want to do any of those things. Is, what else is there? One of the things that... I think is really cool is working at an airport. My very first job in aviation, I worked as a dispatcher for a flight school and I had so much fun. It was awesome working there. But let's talk a little bit about that. It seems like you, you know so much about the airport and the structure there. I always uh, tell people that there's, there's jobs that we don't even know about because we've never been exposed to it. One of the ways you can do that is walk out to the airport like you've done. Uh, a good example is there's someone that actually uh, repairs the jetways, 
and right. is, is like an engineer. And that's that's one of those jobs that people don't realize. You have right. you have such a great knowledge of all these different jobs that they can get into. So let's let, let's talk a little bit about that and, and talk about those jobs that people might be able to get into that are listening right now and are, are involved in something. Say say they're in, in technology. Let's talk about technology first. There's a lot of folks that listen that are into technology, computers, et cetera. Sure. What, I mean, what can they get into at the airport? Well, I can tell you that the airport is pretty much always hiring um, people with computer uh, and technology skills. And the people in the technology department do a whole range of things. There are your normal tech support people. The airport has an operating system just like any company would have. And we need people who can, um, you know, troubleshoot or get uh, new users set up on the system. So the same kind of job that any business would have, the airport um, has also. They also do things like um, they have cabling experts that are running um, the cables to support the various um, the cameras, and, and you, as you know, airports have a lot of cameras, um, that they also have all the computer systems that are set up at the various desks and ticketing and at the gates, um, and IT um, definitely is involved in getting all of that set up as well. So there's really sort of a variety of jobs um, that uh, fall under that category of, of internet technology or, or computer. And uh, at my airport, at least, the IT department is uh, very close to the accounting department. They have the same great view out the window. <laughs> um, so that's a sort of bonus when it comes, uh, when it comes to working there. And, and you know, there's there's so many people out there listening right now that, that and you know who you are, and I've talked to you in the past. Is that they, they're saying, God, I would love to be around airplanes all the time, and and I'm I'm in programming, I'm in support, etc. This is this is a perfect opportunity. There is so much technology. You had mentioned uh, cameras around the airport. Now, yep. why would they have cameras around the airport? I'm I'm uh, the obvious to me would be security, but but what are the reasons? Right. Um, well, I think security is probably the primary reason. Um, you know, honestly, I'm not sure what other reasons they have the cameras there for. The main ones that I'm aware of are security. Right, right. And and so the, as when we talk security, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, usually we're talking about TSA. Do, does the airport also have somebody that's involved in security? Is there like a specialist that's in security? Um, yeah, so uh, keep in mind that every airport is different. Um, the airport where I work um, is, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, it is uh, sort of a government entity, but it is not directly run by any city or county. Uh, instead, it has a board of directors that is appointed by, I think the city appoints some, the county appoints some, and the state may even have an appointee or two on the board. So because of that, um, we actually have our own public safety office and our own police officers. Um, so yes, we also have the TSA and then we also have another company that we contract with that also does, um, some security work for us. So, if so there are a lot of security opportunities at an airport or at least at mine for sure. So there's a lot of folks that are, I talk to that are in the military who have had that background. Uh, they mm -hmm. always talk about going in and becoming a police officer, et cetera. Security would be, I think, another ideal situation. This is, this is some, it, some really interesting stuff that they do because it's always changing, especially at the airport, I think. Uh, yeah, exactly. You never know what's, uh, what's going to be going on. And something else in terms of if you're working in security or if you're working for an airport, or an, an airport police department, uh, is that we have, I want to say, five, maybe six canines. Uh, some of them are um, narcotics and some of them are explosives. Um, but it's really great. I love when I go into work and I happen to see one of my canine coworkers walking around. Um, so that, you know, if you are interested in a career um, in security and law enforcement and you're interested in perhaps working in a canine unit or as part of a canine team, uh, that's definitely going on at the airport for sure. 
you know, another thing that canines get involved with is, you know, obviously security, but also uh, wildlife management. You know, many of you heard on this podcast and others me talk about the Border Collie Rescue Program where they've trained Border Collies to go out to the airports and, and uh, get involved with wildlife mitigation. But uh, but there's many, it's interesting that they have that role at an airport and can be trained, but that's another whole job that is wildlife mitigation, wildlife, I guess we don't call it mitigation, we call it wildlife management, I think is the term that you use, is that correct? I think so. Uh, I'm not 100% certain what the title is for the the group of people that handle that sort of thing for for my airport and unfortunately we do not have a canine um <laughs> handling wildlife right now both my dogs are interested uh they would like to apply if a position opens um at the moment we're not doing that but yes we do have people who are responsible for making sure that the airfield um remains safe so that they are trying to minimize uh, bird strikes that they are trying to make sure that we don't have uh, coyotes or other animals running around and you know it's a complex job we uh, are currently operating with just run runway the other runway is going through a, a resurfacing so it is closed and we just have the one runway and a few months ago uh, we had to close that runway for a little while because there was a bird strike involving a hawk oh uh, and there was um, some debris on the runway that had to get cleaned up and um, when you only have one runway you really really don't want to close it no. and we did have some flights that had to divert because of that so um you know that position is a really critical position when it comes to making sure that the airport remains open um so so yes knowing about the birds but why are the hawks there because there are mice all over the airfield and so you have to sort of understand sort of the bigger picture when you're looking at the ecosystem uh, on the airfield. You know, I, I know that a lot of people don't realize this, I think, but I know friends that have done this, and it is a challenge trying to actually stay one step ahead of that ecosystem. In other words, you can mitigate uh, wildlife threats, and then a year or two later, it comes back, and yep. you don't know why I wouldn't, but uh, I've heard people say, hey, it's because they get used to it. Uh, they get used to whatever it is you're doing. Say you're firing off a can right. cannon or whatever it is, uh, and you fire off the cannon, they, they don't move anymore, you know, because they get used right. to that. So, so it's a, it's a, it's an always evolving process. And you, exactly. you also in that wildlife, you have people, I guess, that are just trying to actually comply with the wildlife mitigation standards that are set forth, because every airport has to have that. But right. you also have to get be one step ahead of the game. I mean, I'm assuming there's got to be a lot of courses these folks have to take. There are. There are definitely um, courses that they have to take, and they, I believe, have to get uh, certified to be able to use some of the pyrotechnics that they use, um, especially when it comes to bird mitigation and trying to keep birds off the airfield. Um, it's it's definitely a never-ending process for sure. I took a picture just today that I put up on Twitter of a groundhog who looks like he's considering uh, sneaking under the fence. <laughs> and you can see him sitting there and there's a, a Southwest uh, airplane taxiing on the other side of the fence. And uh, in my tweet, I said, don't do it. Don't, don't tunnel under that fence. Um, I actually was just over at airfield maintenance yesterday uh, working with uh, one of the guys over there, and uh, he mentioned groundhogs being an issue. So it's, it's definitely, and you know, if you have groundhogs, they're going to attract coyotes. Um, so it, it definitely, it's, it's a challenge. And groundhogs can also do other things because they, they, they burrow, they dig, and uh, yep. there's a famous, what was it, I think American Airlines in Dallas shut down their computer system when it, uh, it burrowed in and, and actually ate through some of the wires and turned off their computer system because it was one of the main uh, power wires to that, that computer system. So it can wreak havoc. Uh, we've seen that in the news lately, and it happened to a lot of airlines in the past uh, as far as losing their computer systems. Interesting exactly. you said something about, uh, let's go to this. You just mentioned air, airport maintenance, I think you said. So what is it that they do? Airfield maintenance? Airfield, uh, airfield maintenance. They're the guys that um, 
are making sure that the runways are in good shape, that the surrounding surfaces um, are in good shape. They will go out and do inspections. Um, they share some of that responsibility, I think, with operations in terms of clearing debris from the runway. Um, in the wintertime, Airfield is responsible for keeping those runways open. So they'll be the ones out there in the plows and the broom trucks um, making sure that uh, there's no snow or ice accumulating on the runways. Um, and then they're also involved in making sure that the pavement and surfaces are um, up to standards. So if someone gets into that job, is that a contractor or do they actually work for the airport? Uh, they work for the airport, yep. Interesting. It, because, you know, a lot of people don't realize, I guess, they can actually retire from working at an airport in certain jobs. I, I One of them is airfield maintenance. I have some friends that do that. And it's it's a great job because you get to – one of the things that this person that I know has said to me, he says he likes it because he gets to do so many different things. Like, say, yeah. there's a, a uh, was it a, a grass cutter that broke, and he's fixing that. And then he has to go fix a fence, and then there's another issue on the other side of the field. And, and right. then he gets involved with local people helping them out. He, he absolutely – he loves it. He says, and he right. gets to see airplanes all day. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I um, I'm a big fan of some of their big equipment that they have over there. I got to uh, sit in one of the big plows, which cool. it's not as easy to get into them as it looks. <laughs> um, I also got to go tooling around in the broom truck, which that was really neat. So every time I go over there, I look longingly at the equipment. Uh, <laughs> They know better than to turn me loose. <laughs> they keep a pretty close eye on me when I'm over there. <laughs> you know, the broom truck, I assume, is just to, to get the uh, the snow off the runway. I'd always assume that. I also... It is. Um, at one of the airports I used to fly out of, it was near the coast, and they would actually get the seashells off because the birds would pick up the seashells and crack yeah. them on the run runway uh it, exactly and and all that equipment has to be maintained etc right now one of the things that's interesting about this is that you talk about one airport but there are certain organizations that have more than one airport under the purview right. in other words they i know here or where i'm based out of they have like three or four airports uh so you do you actually stay where you are at that airport or do you have to move around and go to the different airports I personally pretty much just stay right where I am. Um, the accounting's life is mostly uh, spreadsheets and invoices, and we can do that uh, pretty comfortably from any desk. <laughs> so uh, the only time I really have to go to one of the other airports would be um, one of my roles is to train people on um, – aspects of the purchasing process. So uh, if I need to uh, train someone who's at another air one of the other airports, I will go there and do that. Um, but if you work uh, for airfield maintenance, yes, you might be at one of the other airports uh, that we run. So there is a bit of traveling around that happens. And I personally think that's really cool. I always enjoy uh, getting to visit the other airports when I get a chance. So then there's not a lot of travel involved in your job, correct? No. In and that that's an <laughs> I work at an airport and I see people <laughs> flying away all day and I never get to go flying away with them. But that can be a good thing because I, I will say a lot of the comments I get from listeners is, gosh, I would love to get in aviation, but I don't want to travel all the time. And exactly. That's very true. And, and if uh, you know, you don't want to have to get up at 3.30 in the morning, for example. Uh, accounting, uh, we rarely have to get up at 3.30 in the morning. Airfield maintenance, on the other hand, if it's snowing at 3 in the morning, then yes, you're going to have to get up and, and go and get the plows going. But the good thing is you get to go home at night and sleep in your own bed. Uh, Indeed, I do. That, that is uh, something, you know, someone like myself who spends half the month in a hotel room and sometimes I wake up in the morning not knowing where I am. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, have to look at the, you know, the nightstand and see what, what city I'm in. It's, it's actually nice. It's nice to be able to be home. You can do your laundry anytime you want. Uh, you can go to the grocery store anytime you want. You can do all these little yep. things and that uh, we take for granted sometimes, which is awesome actually being a worker at the airport. That's that's for sure. Get, that's very true. Getting into the accounting, though, how what, what sure. would you suggest uh, as far as somebody who wants to move in that direction, as far as what type of, of education or what type of background they should look towards and what type of experience they should get? Um, well, 
at working in accounting at an airport, it's the same skills and background you would need to work in accounting pretty much anywhere else. So you're going to want to make sure that you've taken accounting classes or bookkeeping classes and any accounting experience that you can gain and take with you um, will be valuable. Um, and I think that it, if you're wanting to work at an airport, if you're wanting to work in aviation, it does not hurt to let that passion shine through. Um, when you are um, submitting your resume and your cover letter and when you're doing your interview. Um, I know when I went into my interview, I had gone through the airport's website from top to bottom. I had looked at all the accounting information I could find on there. Um, and I was, wow, I was definitely really ready to talk about the airport. Um, and that wasn't hard for me to do because... I was excited to talk about the airport. I love the airport and I will talk anybody's ear off about the airport. <laughs> and they figured that out pretty quickly. And I, you know, I definitely think that, um, that perhaps made me stand out a little bit, uh, from some of the other candidates. Interesting. You know, I, I find that's true in any interview in general. So if you can show that passion for the place you're going to work for or the industry you're working in, it really does help. And you obviously, have that passion, that's for sure. Um, but one of the things that I think is really cool about you is the fact that, and it, you know, we, we agree on this, there's so many jobs in aviation and so many jobs at the airport that you can do, but we just don't know what they are. Um, you know, you talked about going out and checking the pavement. Uh, I was at an overnight one night and I was in a convention of people, convention of uh, concrete specialists, concrete sales specialists. And I'm like, right. wow. And I looked, I talked to them a little bit about it, said, hey, I'm in aviation. I had no idea. There is so much involved. Like, you you don't realize, you, you don't, there's different types of pavement for different types of aircraft. Right. And you have to figure all those things out. And, and it wasn't until I started flying aircraft above, you know, 200,000 pounds that, hey, you know, we can't go and taxi over there anymore. You know, I'm, in my little Cessna, I didn't have a problem. And now I can't go over there in my big airplane. And, and then actually maintaining that, how... Who actually does that? I mean, there's somebody that actually gets involved. So it's a certain specialist, like a, a concrete or something specialist? Yes. There's, I believe it's the pavement manager. Okay. Um, and we might have more than one. And I'm not sure if this is an operations position or if it's an airfield position. It may cross over to both. But, yes, there is definitely at least one and possibly um, several people who are responsible for overseeing all of the pavement and as you know airports have a lot of pavement <laughs> sure definitely do. runways taxiways ramps parking areas but also roads into and out of uh, the airport car parking lots um, so there's a lot of pavement to be managed and somebody needs to know um, how to be able to measure the wear and tear what kind of repair needs to be done um, when does that repair need to be done, the best way to do it, um, who to bring in to oversee it, and that sort of thing. Interesting. That's, that's, that's fascinating right there. I mean, it's almost like being an engineer, and the, it's uh, and, and I, I spent, like, hours, at, you know, hanging out at the bar with these guys talking about concrete. I had no clue, <laughs> you know, that there was so much involved in, in concrete. Yep. <laughs> and then, well, you mentioned engineer. We have a planning and engineering department, too. Um, somebody has to oversee projects uh, happening at the airport, especially construction projects. We just went through a big um, modernization program for the terminal um, and so somebody has to oversee all the construction companies that are coming in, make sure that all the things that need to get done are getting done. Um, and that's the large part of what the planning and engineering department does. Interesting. Now, someone's got to pull all this together. I mean, it seems like as we've been talking, it's like, oh, my God, there's all these different positions. Yeah. How, how does that planning go about? I'm assuming there's got to be somebody in admin that, that does this. Well, exactly. There are a number of administrative specialists at my airport um, supporting these various departments. And administrative specialists do everything from scheduling meetings, um, putting together presentations, uh, even down to, to ordering office supplies. Um, at uh, one of the airports that we run, 
we not only run the airport, but we also run the FBO. Uh, and the administrative specialist at the FBO does all of those things, scheduling meetings and so on. But she also will go out and, um, you know, help with the cargo uh, airplanes that are coming in. She'll go and um, handle tickets uh, for passengers that are flying out uh, on one of the airlines that operates down there. So her role is extremely varied. Um, you know, she's definitely not just sitting at a desk all day. She's got a lot of different thing that she's getting to do, but it's an administrative support position. So this, this FBO you're saying is, is run by uh, the airport, but normally mm -hmm. that's, I, I'm thinking that's contracted out most places, right? To a private organization. Right. So, um, at the airport where my office is located, there are two FBOs there, and they are entirely separate entities from the airport. Gotcha. And, you know, and by the way, if you're listening and you are new to aviation, FBO, that's called a fixed base operator, they, they do the soup to nuts. They sell the gas. They also, a lot of times, run the flight school. They actually, a lot of times, manage, and if it's a small airport, they manage the airport for, say, the authority that owns the airport. Uh, they do all these things, and uh, right. and, and they uh, they can be the airport manager. Uh, it, it all depends on the size. I mean, not the, obviously, the size of the airport you're at, you need a whole team. But right. uh, at smaller airports, uh, the airport, the FBO and the airport manager sometimes can be just one person, you know, depending right. on the size of the, of the exactly. airport. Every airport is different. So anybody who's ever thought, gosh, I'd like to work at an airport, um, I definitely would recommend you get to know the airport that you're interested in working for and find out how it's run, who runs it. In a lot of cases, um, the city runs the airport. Um, for example, uh, in Boston, I believe Boston Logan is run by the Port Authority, and the Port Authority also uh, handles the trains, and I think they handle shipping. Um, so I don't even know if the people who uh, are in the administrative roles are even at the airport. Are they working at a Port Authority building somewhere else? So that's something you would want to investigate and find out uh, as you're looking into career opportunities. Yeah, you might get stuck in a building downtown and not be at the airport. You might. So it's if if your goal is to be uh, at actually at an airport where the airplanes are coming and going, you're definitely going to want to find that out ahead of time. You know, one of the coolest jobs, I think, and you mentioned in this, this in your article, and this is why we were talking today, so you want to work in aviation is the article at uh, Tales from the Terminal. The one cool job, and the job that I want, is uh, airplane watcher. What in the world? Airplane watcher, yeah. Someone's so, paid to do that? <laughs> <laughs> all right, first off, let me say that if there was a job that just involved watching airplanes, I would have put in for it quite some time ago. Um, I don't think that there's a role that's just watching for airplanes. However, um, one of the things that operations does is it does look to see, it wants, we want to make sure we know who is landing at our airport, not for the least of which, because we will be charging landing fees. Now, we only charge landing fees to commercial aviation. So if you fly your, you know, your Cessna in, we're not going to be tracking you down to send you an invoice. But we do want to know um, what big commercial airplanes are flying in. Now, most of the airlines are going to fly in and they're going to come to the terminal. They're going to pull up to a gate. Passengers are going to get off. Passengers are going to get on. That can't really happen without our knowledge. If you're pulling up to a gate, we pretty much know you're there. <laughs> but if you're uh, a big charter airplane and you're pulling over to the FBO, that's definitely we want to make sure that we know that you were there so that we can make sure that um, – we are assessing you for anything we need to assess you in terms of landing fees. So um, we do use things like, um, is it flight radar, I think, um, to help us, um, or I'm sorry, flight, flight aware, aware. Right. right, to help us keep track of, um, of who's coming and going. But we also, if we can, like to confirm visually. So there are people who, um, are watching to see who's coming in and going to the FBO. 
and um, just making note of it and confirming it, getting the tail number um, and tracking down who they are so that we can make sure that we account that in our records because we definitely want to make sure that we are tracking the number of landings um, and the number of passengers. And then um, also we want to be able to go ahead and assess the appropriate landing fee. Interesting. I, I think I know the two jobs you need to have. You need to have, first of all, a, a, a window seat, and the next one is airplane watcher. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I've already told them that if they want, I would be happy to go sit down by the FBO and catch airplanes coming in. And they uh, they said, well, that sounds like a great idea. We'll get you a golf cart. Uh, but I have yet to see a requisition come through for a golf cart, so I think they're just trying to placate me. <laughs> I think they are. <laughs> but maybe I'll get lucky. I don't know. If I do, I promise I will let you know. Cool. You know, I, I, it sounds like you got a cool job. It really does. Uh, I think so. I, I love where I work, and, um, you know, I hope that sort of shines through in the blog. And I have to say that this particular post we've been talking about um, I wrote it because so many people said to me, oh, you know, you really love what you do. You love working for an airport. I wish I wish I could work in aviation. And my response is always, well, why can't you work in aviation? Um, and so that's sort of what led me to writing this post in the beginning. Um, I wanted people to sort of broaden their horizons a little bit and doesn't matter. You don't have to be a pilot. Uh, you don't have to be a flight attendant. You don't have to be in air traffic control to work in aviation. There are other options and other opportunities. You know, and, I, and that's something that I think is really important. There's jobs that I didn't know about until I started doing this podcast. I never knew there was like a repair test engineer that makes repairs on airplanes and right. uh, engineers those repairs. I, I, I didn't know there was a, an airplane watcher. I'm going to sign up for that one, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> which, which is really cool. But Yeah, not if I get to it first. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll watch from the, from the cameras. Hopefully you have remote cameras that I can, I can view on <laughs> yeah, the Yeah, we do. We do have cameras, but still. <laughs> yeah, it's ni nice to be out there watching. As a matter of fact, you've probably seen some really cool airplanes coming in and out of your airports there. And uh, what, what's one of them? It just, goes, it just as an aside, you know, what's one of the cooler airplanes or some of the cooler airplanes um, you've gotten to see? Goodness gracious. Well, let's see. Um, it's always fun to see some of the military airplanes come in because we don't see them all that often. Um, but I have seen, um, I believe it's a C-17 that flies in ahead of Air Force Two mm -hmm. and Air Force One to get things set up. So it's always fun to see that come in. Uh, one day I was um, leaving work. It was on a Friday. I was going to meet a friend for dinner. And as I was walking through the employee lot, which happens to be right next to the south runway, uh, four F-18s in formation flew over my head. Cool. And so, of course, I freaked out and I grabbed my phone and called my friend and said, I'm going to be late. Uh, and then I hung up on her and grabbed my camera and, <laughs> and took pictures and uh, watched them circle around and land. Um, and I believe they had come in to do, they were going to do a flyover the next day at an event. Um, so those are uh, some, some really neat airplanes that I've seen. Of course, I've seen Air Force Two. Uh, it's been in a couple of times recently. Um, yeah, in my personal opinion, the really cool planes fly over to the cargo airport. That's where all the big 747-8s are going. Oh, cool, cool. Well, guys, yeah, I got to get over there. Yeah, you definitely do. And take some pictures. <laughs> we look forward to them on the blog and also your Twitter. Uh, and Absolutely. You, they can find all that at Tales from the Terminal. Gosh, you know, we, we could sit here and talk forever. Unfortunately, we, we, we have to, to close out. We're coming to a, a time hack here. And we... Boy, you know, one of the things that I think is really cool about you and and other people that are like you that are passionate about aviation, you've gone out and you've found a pathway to a job that has placed you in the aviation field. If there's somebody who's listening right now, somebody who, who wants to get in aviation but they're right now working in another field in some type of position, what, what advice would you give that person? Uh, my advice would be to take a look, take an honest look at your skill set. What abilities do you have? What 
background do you have? And then go out and start researching and see, is there a place where these abilities can fit into um, the aviation world? And and think outside the box a little bit. Um, look at places maybe you don't first consider. And I, I mentioned earlier, there are two universities nearby that have aviation programs. So, you know, that's not something that would immediately spring to mind for most people when you're thinking about a career involving aviation. So really think outside of the box. Look to see where your skill sets might fit in. Well, Jennifer Adams, uh, TalesFromTheTerminal.com. We really appreciate you coming here today to speak with us and also to give advice to those listeners. If we have some questions and they write in, can I forward them to you and, and maybe you could answer them for us? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Awesome. I, you know, one of the things I love about Jennifer is, is the passion you have for aviation, and it, it is, it's infectious. I, I actually get excited listening to all your stories. We'd love to have you come back again and talk some more about some of these, these <laughs> different career fields and also about aviation in general. You know, you, you really are somebody who's passionate about flying, and I noticed uh, you actually went flying yourself, didn't you, recently? I did. I had my very first lesson. And if you start me talking on it, I might go all day. So I'll just say well, gonna... <laughs> that you should check out the blog. I wrote a post about it. So you should look for it on there. And that's what I was going to say. Go to talesfromthetermal.com and check that out. We're going to have Jennifer on again, probably in the Stuck Mike Avcast, where we talk about general aviation uh, and also her, her journey into flying. So much fun uh, listening to you. It's also so much fun uh, reading your blog posts. I love the website, talesfromtheterminal.com. And if you have questions and you're listening right now, don't forget feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. All the links we talked about, you can find them at aviationcareerspodcast.com. And, uh, and, you know, Jennifer, thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. I, I'd love to have you back on again. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, whatever it is you do in aviation, you're going you're gonna to do it with passion. That's for sure. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for inviting me. It's been a lot of fun. Well, thanks. And, folks, if you're listening right now, of course, you know, we, we talked about different jobs in aviation, and usually I'm, I'm always telling you to do something at the end of this show. Well, I'd like you to do something right now. Think about a job in aviation that is outside the box. It's, it's something that you normally wouldn't, wouldn't think of, but think about a job just in life in general and see how it applies to aviation. Try to do something right now in your career, in your job, whatever it is you're doing. If you're sitting at a desk, you're programming right now, or you're doing accounting or an administrative work, Think about a job that would relate to aviation. If you can't think about it, do something right now. Go ahead to feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. We'll forward it to Jennifer. I'm sure she'll have an idea. Folks, stay flying. We'll talk to you next episode. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.